Well, uh, there's good news and bad news. The good news is there isn't going to be a huge long sermon this morning. Those who cheered, their names have been noted. (laughs) Bad news, I do want to tell you a story. So instead of a a long sermon, I just want to tell you a story. So uh, if you'd like to, close your eyes while I'm telling you this story, because it might help you to imagine uh, what I'm talking about. It's a story about a ragman. So if you want to close your eyes and just uh, imagine this scenario. It was before dawn, one Friday morning. I noticed a young man, handsome and strong, walking the alleys of our town. He was pulling an old cart filled with clothes, both bright and new. And he was calling in a clear tenor voice, Rags! Ah, the air was foul, and the first light filthy to be crossed by such sweet music. Rags! New rags for old! I take your tired rags! Rags! Now this is a wonder, I thought to myself. For the man stood six feet four, and his arms were like tree limbs, hard and muscular, and his eyes flashed intelligence. Could he find no better job than this? to be a ragman in the inner town. I followed him. My curiosity drove me, and I wasn't disappointed. Soon, the ragman saw a woman sitting on her back porch. She was sobbing into a handkerchief, sighing and shedding a thousand tears. Her knees and elbows made a sad cross. Her shoulders shook. Her heart was breaking. The ragman stopped his cart. Quietly, he walked to the woman, stepping around tin cans, dead toys, and nappies. Give me your rag, he said so gently, and I'll give you another. He slipped the handkerchief from her eyes. She looked up, and he laid across her palm a linen cloth so clean and new that it shined. Her eyes moved from the gift to the giver. Then as he began to pull his cart again, the ragman did a strange thing. He put her stained handkerchief to his own face and then he began to weep, to sob as grievously as she had done, his shoulders shaking. Yet she was left without a tear. This is a wonder, I breathed to myself and I followed the sobbing ragman like a child who cannot turn away from mystery. Rags! Rags! New for old! In a little while, when the sky showed grey behind the rooftops, and I could see the shredded curtains hanging out of black windows, the ragman came upon a girl whose head was wrapped in a bandage, whose eyes were empty. Blood soaked her bandage. A single line of blood ran down her cheek. Now the tall ragman looked upon this child with pity, and he drew a lovely yellow bonnet from his cart. Give me your rag, he said, tracing his own line on her cheek, and I'll give you mine. The child could only gaze at him while he loosened the bandage, removed it and tied it to his own head, the bonnet he set on hers, and I gasped at what I saw, for with the bandage went the wound. Against his brow it ran a darker, more substantial blood, his own. 
Rags, rags, I take old rags, cried the sobbing, bleeding, strong, intelligent ragman. The sun hurt both the sky now and my eyes. The ragman seemed more and more to hurry. Are you going to work, he asked the man who leaned against the telephone pole. The man shook his head. The ragman pressed him. Do you have a job? Are you crazy, sneered the other. He pulled away from the pole, revealing the right sleeve of his jacket, flat. The cuff stuffed into the pocket. He had no arm. So, said the ragman, give me your jacket and I'll give you mine. Such quiet authority in his voice. The one-armed man took off his jacket, so did the ragman, and I trembled at what I saw, for the ragman's arm stayed in its sleeve, and when the other put it on, he had two good arms, thick as tree limbs, but the ragman had only one. Go to work, he said. After that, he found a drunk lying unconscious between an army blanket, an old man, hunched, wizened and sick. He took that blanket and wrapped it round himself, but for the drunk, he left new clothes. And now, I had to run to keep up with the ragman. Though he was weeping uncontrollably and bleeding freely at the forehead, pulling his cart with one arm, stumbling for drunkenness, falling again and again, exhausted, old, old and sick, Yet he went with terrible speed. On spider's legs he skittered through the alleys of the town, this mile and the next, until he came to its limits, and then he rushed beyond. I wept to see the change in this man. I hurt to see his sorrow. And yet I needed to see where he was going in such a haste, perhaps to know what drove him so. The little old ragman, he came to a landfill. He came to the garbage dump. And then I wanted to help him in what he did, but I hung back hiding. He climbed a hill. With tormented labour, he cleared a little space on the hill. Then he sighed. He lay down. He pillowed his head on a handkerchief and a jacket. He covered his bones with an army blanket. And he died. Oh, how I cried to witness that death. I slumped in a junked car and wailed and mourned as one who has no hope because I had come to love the ragman. Every other face had faded in the wonder of this man, and I cherished him, but he died. I sobbed myself to sleep. I did not know. How could I know that I slept through Friday night and Saturday, and it's night too. But then, on Sunday morning, I was wakened by a violence, light, pure, hard, demanding light slammed against my sour face and I blinked and I looked and I saw the last and the first wonder of all. There was the ragman folding the blanket most carefully, a scar on his forehead but alive and besides that, healthy. There was no sign of sorrow nor of age and all the rags that he had gathered shined for cleanliness. Well then, I lowered my head and trembled for all that I had seen. I myself walked up to the ragman. I told him my name with shame, for I was a sorry figure next to him. Then I took off all my clothes in that place, and I said to him with dear yearning in my voice, Dress me. And he dressed me. 
My Lord, he put new rags on me, and I am a wonder beside him. The ragman, the ragman, the Christ. I love that, because that's the Easter story. You see, Jesus takes what is seemingly hopeless, and through Good Friday and Easter Sunday, he restores hope. On the first Good Friday, all hope had seemed lost. Jesus was dead, and all the things he had seen to be, seemed to be just words. But then on that first Easter Sunday, when he rose from the dead, hope was restored. He was really the Son of God. All that he had said was true. The cross was not the end. We live in a world desperate for hope. We live in a world where many are despairing, where many need helping, where evil seems to be winning so much of the time. And we need hope. Hope for our lives, hope for a relationship with God, hope that this life is not all there is. And Jesus, through his death and resurrection, offers us hope. And all we have to do is reach out and grab it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us now to reach out and grab the hope that is just awaiting us. The hope that our hurt and our pain and our difficulties and our sin and the things that should separate us from you can be washed away. That we can have a relationship with you, sins forgiven, healing offered, lives restored. And Father God, I pray that you'd help us to reach out and grab it. I pray for any who might be here today who have never done that, and you just sense that stirring in their spirit that they want to reach out and grab what you are offering. Heavenly Father, would you give them the courage to do that? Lord God, would you just help them to reach out and grab hold of you? And Father God, for those who know you, for those who have reached out many times to grab hold of the love that you are offering, Lord God, help them to do it again this morning, just to reach out and grab resurrection hope. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.